back to the diversity and tech leaders with me, Jessica Sutcliffe here at Coltech. Today we have the lovely Andrea Barter, who is a director of engineering over at WellSky. I will let Andrea introduce herself. I'm sure she'll be far better at it than I am. So yeah, the floor is yours, Andrea. Hi, I'm Andrea Barto. I'm the director of engineering at WellSky. My teams are building the billing and financials for home health and hospice groups. And so they're all over the world. The, the teams are working really hard to build that. And especially this times of healthcare, I, I really enjoy working on this product with my teams and really providing really great solutions in terms of the healthcare space. And so that's really been a fun avenue for me to be a part of. Amazing, lovely. How big is your team at the moment then? I believe there's about 30. I've also just most recently gotten an, another squad that is doing hospice, which is in palliative, which is really amazing to be able to enter in that space as well. And they're doing amazing. They've been doing that for quite a long time too, in terms of meeting the needs for those in that situation too. Oh, amazing, lovely. And obviously, from what I understand, you've had a very successful career in the tech industry. How did you actually get into the tech industry and find that process? So I was always really into technology from a young age. My father was an architect and always been with computers. I started doing computer science in high school and then into college. I went to the University of Texas in Austin and studied computer science. And in my very last quarter, I did my first internship and that's where I really became a first programmer and uh, worked on a 360 training where I, we were working on online courses. And that was just a, a really great experience to do as a college. And then I converted to full-time when I graduated. So. So that was Amazing. my journey to beginning it launch pad into technology. Yeah, exciting. Well, I mean, it sounds like you've definitely got a passion for it. In terms of, you know, starting out in the industry, what were the difficulties that you found when starting out? It was definitely challenging. I was very, I think, blessed at the beginning. I didn't realize I was in a startup. So we started out with 16 people and then went to 100. But my, my groups were heavily male dominated. But I really did seek out just camaraderie with other females in other departments. And so it was a really great, interesting story at my first job where even in somebody that was in the human resources area really advocated for me to get a, a higher pay raise just because, again, that was my first job. I didn't know how to negotiate at all. I didn't know, you know, I really just wanted to stay in Austin and that was my, like, you know, where I wanted to be after graduation. So I really kind of was just wanting to take anything and it was still like a, a great experience, but I just learned that even if you're in different fields, different groups, you can advocate for one another. And that was really great. I worked with other females in other international countries. And that was also nice to see that powerful part. And so that really helped me and my career growth. And then I also helped others too, as I went along. Absolutely. And no, that's great to hear that, you know, you had help from other departments. And I mean, that kind of ties in with what I'm aiming to do here and providing role models like yourself to young women or even any age women really trying to get in into the tech industry right. that you know might be facing similar barriers at the moment how to overcome them there's so many groups now like obviously women in tech women who code I think I actually found you on one of those yeah so you know it, the, there's so many avenues now and there's so many communities that you can be a part of in order to network and be in touch with people that can help you progress your career on provide advice so I know we've touched on it a little bit there but how did you actually overcome working in a male-dominated industry when you began your career so a lot of times I think I 
just tended to be looking for common ground with one another. So I took it from just being really straightforward and direct with my communication, ask a lot of questions, understand where they're coming from. Important learning that I had was to oftentimes, you know, have discussions prior to a meeting, really understand where other people are coming from. So it's even more than just a, a male dominated situation, but there's tons of different stakeholders that I would have to interface in my career. And so understanding what those internal stakeholders are looking for is really important. Maybe they're not asking exactly what they really need. And so, and that's an, a great part to communicate and understand. And sometimes people just want to be heard. That is a really key part that I, I learned the hard way. <laughs> it was like, oh, okay. They were okay with, you know, this problem happening, but just wanted to make sure that we understood those issues growing. You know, for a while I was in, in game development and that was one of those things where some things were not as clear cut, making games and seeing if something was fun or not, you know, and that experiential kind of development is a lot different than understanding, you know, and then understanding what your role pulls into the sales process and revenue and other things like that. And just understanding those parts of the business and really hearing what those people are looking for and their voice was really important. And so I think just building those relationships and then some of those people, even males mentored me and helped me be a stronger leader. They were kind of like, okay, here's a book you should read. Here's an area that you might grow in. And then they would sit with me and explain. And so I think that's important to be open to that, to understand that, hey, they could be your greatest advocates in a company too. And also some of them introduced me to their wives that were VPs of engineering and networked yeah. out <laughs> and lunches and calls. And so you would be surprised again, like you talked about networking is, is such a huge thing and understanding that everybody has families and other things going on too. And that's also nice to, to get to know them on that level too. So it's not just business. Absolutely. And it's nice to hear that, you know, you have had that role model and advocates for you from, you know, your male managers or people, role models, basically within your career, because I think it's definitely something that, you know, this is by all means not a men bashing podcast. <laughs> so it's nice to hear that and share stories and make sure that people who are listening to this, who might be a bit afraid to go to their manager, that they feel comfortable in doing so, because at the end of the day, managers are there to help and pave the way for your future career. Have you seen a difference then? sort of from when you first started out to now in terms of the diversity within tech? Oh, absolutely. And I think a huge part of it has to do with the entryway into tech. I think that, you know, with the creation of you don't necessarily have to go to college to be in tech. You can do like a boot camp. You can, you know, just get hands-on training, start in one group and then transfer into an apartment and then just really do the online training and the courses that way. I think that that's opened up the gateway for people to even mid-career change into tech. And I think that's fantastic. People that maybe started off and, you know, were in a different department and they customer support or sales or, or whatnot. Now they're transferring over and they have really good talent and they have a different perspective and knowledge as well. Like I've worked with people that were cooks and sushi chefs yeah. and everything like that. And it's just kind of a fun dynamic and diversity in that regards. I think this big or work remotely has opened that as well too. So people feel like they can work around their schedules better and not necessarily feel like it's a nine to five thing. And so I've met a lot of really great people through that, I think too, in the later parts of my career. So 
Absolutely, and I think I'm not even going to try to guess the certain percentage because it's going to be way off. But it's a very high percentage in terms of, you know, when you have a diverse workforce that you actually perform a percentage higher, whatever that percentage is. I'll find out and put it in this post. Basically, diverse teams enable high performing enterprise organisations at the end of the day, which is always good because, you know, multiple brains are better than one at the end of the day. Moving on then, in terms of the hiring process, I know that you are involved with that and probably have been previously in your roles. How do you navigate that process while taking into account diversity and inclusion? So the hiring process, I've worked with a lot of people to transform the hiring process, and especially in my last company. We moved to, just because we were hiring hundreds of developers all the time and, and onboarding and just really wanted to get a good set of people. We started partnering with colleges for internships at, at specific colleges, going to like Blackest Tech and other things of that nature. And then we also started to bring in this tool called HackerRank, which is basically doing our own sorts of tests that bring out more results driven, not necessarily looking at people's resumes and kind of assuming that they have the skill set, really pulling out, hey, these are the key areas we're looking to fill. For example, if we're hiring for somebody with automation, do they really know what this is in Selenium? And specific questions that if they were knowledgeable, you could get like a, oh, are they junior, mid-level or senior, but nothing too time consuming. And that really did pull out, it, it didn't matter you know, what their background was. It doesn't matter what experience they say they do or don't in a phone screen. And then we could talk through that. And it wasn't anything too time consuming or, or anything of that nature. And it really brought people that maybe we thought wouldn't do great. They did amazing at. And then we're yeah. like, we really want to talk to you. And so I think that that helped see talent. It also brought forth their realization of what mattered to us because they could tell by the questions that we asked because we really customized that to like some of them were just open text fields. So like, of course, you could answer them. It was very simple, 30 minute kind of thing. And so they're like, oh, OK, this is really great. And then we could quickly get those results and get back to them. And they're not really wasting time like on tons of phone calls in that nature. And then so that was great. And so. It wasn't like, oh, okay, is this person, like, are we really sure that they can really handle this or not? And it brought kind of almost like a, a clout to you when they joined. People would be like, oh my gosh, did you see their score? <laughs> a bad thing, but it was just more of like, wow. Or like there was some React stuff with like hooks and other things that my team was super excited about because they're like, I would have never done it that way. And yeah. so that was kind of fun because it was like a learning process back and forth. And I always feel like that's part of the recruiting process is as much as it is for other people, it's them to be learning about us. And so that was also part of them learning about what we valued and diversity in our teams. And so I always tried to also have a panel that was an equal representation of who they'd be working with, the key players of that. Um, and even at WellSky, we do that too, where we're like, we want to see your teammates, but then also the solutions and and everything like that because that's really important I think for them to choose the company and the people and then what you stand for and other things of that nature and then realize that we want to you know be mindful and care about what makes what they're looking for in their next role because that's also we want to be a match it might be something else in another group or another skill set and that also helps navigate okay they're really good at data maybe this other position is better for them so 
Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you just touched on there in terms of, you know, when interview, when you're doing the interviews, having diverse representation on the panel. I think that is so important and also encouraging to people that might feel maybe a bit out of place when they come into an interview or maybe underrepresented in the industry, seeing somebody who looks like you or identifies as a similar or sexual orientation to you or whatever yeah. the case is, you know, make sure Exactly. It makes you feel more comfortable, probably gets you to be able to perform better. You know, I'm sure we've all been in circumstances where we've felt so nervous in interviews that, you know, our skill sets go out the window and Yes. The amount of times I've stood I mean, the first podcast I did, let's say, I stuttered like there was no tomorrow. I feel a bit more comfortable with it now. Yes, <laughs> so hopefully. Uh, hopefully they're getting better as they go along but speaking to people who you know make you feel comfortable and again so passionate about diversity within the tech industry it makes my job easier and like I said one of the aims here at Coltech that I'm trying to do is bridge that gap between employers and candidates whether that's anonymizing resumes when we send them or helping in the interview process anyway we can like you said providing different avenues for the candidates to be able to perform in the best way they can do and employers to get the best talent is, you know, I mean, that's what you're looking for, really. So in terms of why it's important to you or why you believe it's important to build diverse teams, what does that mean to you? I love having different vantage points and perspectives. So that's really important to me. I think that we come up with better solutions together and we problem solve in different ways and we have different strengths. For example, the, the teams that I'm at, my peers, I feel like we all have different skill sets and together we really complement each other and that's really great. And then I also think it's one of those things where I like to see lots of different people and what their you know backgrounds are and what they are interested in because a lot of times, you know, they might have a different experience that they bring to the table and they use that to problem solve or maybe they have tried a different problem or solution or they even know somebody else that you know could figure out something from previous experiences and so i think that's ex extremely important and then i think diversity also brings the ability to be open-minded and so I think that's extremely important in technology because then you could potentially be more innovative with what you're building and also be empathetic to the clients and customers and, you know, understand what their pain points are and try to fix that. And then also it almost your clients and customers would resonate a little bit more with that kind of diversity and that background because I would want you know lots of different backgrounds to, that we work with it's extremely important because some companies I think now are even seeking out that to be able to work with somebody that they can relate to as you know some companies are more female oriented or diversity and, and that sort of thing they are looking for partnering with companies of that nature um, which I think is good because they are underrepresented, so they should be looking out for that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I completely agree with that. I think it is definitely important. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing a podcast like this. No. <laughs> Touching on sort of the, the next question. I mean, I could be wrong, but I highly doubt it. It seems like you'd be a very encouraging leader to have above you. So what is your leadership style and what advice would you give to somebody who is looking to get into a leadership position? Sure. So I'd have to say, I used to say I was like a very visionary leader, but I think when I really 
take a step back and looked at it. I think I'm more of a situational leader. And by that, there are sometimes we have to make a decision and kind of say, this is the way we're going. I definitely go and explain why. But then other times we get to slow down, get consensus, get buy-in, really have the team help be a part of that decision-making process. And I really do love that and, and that sort of thing. But I also like to give a vision and direction and then let the teams go and solution it and really delegate that to them. And so I think those are the different areas that I, I tend to do. And then in terms of others getting into leadership, really taking ownership of projects, you don't have to be manager or a leader to be starting to do and be seen as a leader in your organization. I think, you know, definitely reaching out to your manager, say, hey, is there an important project that I can help facilitate, organize, work with others. I think that's the biggest part of that. And then just continuing to to learn more about what leadership is through books, like podcasts, like this is a great example and so forth. Really give people the exposure to, and then mentorship of, hey, if there's somebody that you see, you know, they're doing that, then say, hey, can I talk with you and understand what that is? I've had a lot of informal calls with people that have transitioned from tech Nicole rolls into leadership and they just want to talk for a few minutes and ask questions and see and have that guidance. And a lot of people in the field, because they know where they've come, are willing to talk through and, and help others. And so, and I think it's great to be a leader, even if you are going to take the technical route, because architects and others will want to be able to sell their ideas and get all of the folks to understand their vision and their, you know, design so a lot of these things are very important in our field yeah absolutely and how how did you yourself find the transition because obviously I know you've been a lead developer for a while now but sort of moving from the developing side over to director of engineering and taking that leadership role how did you actually find that yourself so I was always interested in being the kind of leader that I wanted as an engineer and so that really caused me to kind of raise my hand when they were looking for engineering leaders at one of my companies. And I had a great mentor who went through some courses with me. And then I've had folks that, you know, sent me to like professional developments to learn how to do like managing without authority and that sort of thing. And that was extremely helpful for me. And I think the hardest thing was kind of learning how to, okay, it's okay to start working with my peers and I think that was the hardest transition for me and then after that the roles became a lot simplisticer because I was like oh I already know these things that I need to do the kind of formulas and frameworks to having some of these uncomfortable conversations and constructive ones and I think a lot of that was practicing those conversations with others and then forming a network when what I say that is uh, there was a lot of really great other peers at the same time, when I became an engineer, um, we did study groups. And then as I progressed, we I would meet frequently and have one-on-ones with other leaders to get that information and like talk and have that camaraderie of like, okay, what do I do in this situation? How do you handle this? And that sort of thing. And just having that confidant, it's really important to be able to have. And I see that all in all the different departments where people have that so they can better know how to navigate and ask questions. Absolutely. And I think as well, you know, we're all human. Not everything goes to plan. Well, actually, not much as right. goes to plan. Not in my life anyway. <laughs> so, you know, it's good to have that advice and, you know, support when things don't quite go to plan, especially in tech. You know, things are forever changing, different one week to the next. So it's always good to have support in mind. I mean, turning back sort of to the beginning of your career or, you know, in 
general I mean I know it might be a little bit different now but what advice would you give to somebody who comes from an underrepresented group within the tech industry or a minority in the tech industry who is looking to start out as a career in technology you know be open to you know just getting your foot in the door and that's okay there's a lot of great roles that are contract to full-time and once you get that experience it'll be really straightforward but I think that's the first hard part so I definitely encourage you to you know go to like they have different sometimes career workshops and other things like that different recruiting events look and see what companies you're interested in in the areas that you're located at and then just kind of see when they have openings talk to different people you know can try to reach out to them on linkedin look and see what what qualifications you need to and see if there's any technologies you need to learn if there's a certain language and other things of that nature and then you know just really reach out and see what those things are sometimes there's like hackathons that you can kind of participate in that's only for one day that can really give you great exposure or like you had mentioned there's different groups in the community especially in austin where you know depending on what that is they'll have meetups and they'll have people come and say hey we're hiring and then that's a great opportunity to be like yes i would like to work there and yeah out and that happens all the time there's also like little slack channels and other things like that too so just really connecting with as many people as possible make sure that you have a good portfolio because sometimes if you don't have a history of that creating a quick portfolio of some of your work experience is really helpful for folks that are just starting off too and it's not that bad to set up either on a website yeah absolutely and another one that's worth mentioning because i actually had a had a chat with the ceo of this organization austin urban technology movement and they predominantly work to help black and hispanic people get into the tech industry or say for example if they've got years and years of experience how to you know whether that's through the interview stages or training them up on you know certain platforms i think that started out because you know people didn't necessarily have access to internet etc for people basically to have access to be successful within the industry so that's a that's a really good organization to be a part of if uh, that's a community that you you are in if you are listening and uh, think it would be of interest but yeah so in terms of yourself then what does the future look like for you pretty bright. I really love being in technology. I love helping teams, coaching and growing them, doing transformations. So I'm having a lot of fun um, at WellSky. I love the company. I love my teams and my peers. And yeah, and then so I just want to continue to grow. I think a reflection of, you know, my success is only when my teams are growing and they're growing a lot right now. And I'm growing leaders and managers and architects. And so that's like, my favorite thing to do so I'm in organizing things and just really you know pouring into people and so mentoring you know and really helping like this is like fun too I was like oh this is great to share my experience so others can learn from it that's really the best ever yeah absolutely well it sounds like I mean I'd love you to be my manager I'm not gonna lie (laughs) but yeah it sounds like you know well Sky and working with yourself sounds like a great company to be a part of so I mean if anyone's listening I'm sure you know probably hiring all the time (laughs) absolutely (laughs) but Andrea it's been an absolute pleasure thank you again for joining us on this podcast I'm sure anybody everybody listening has learned a thing or two and like I said it's been a pleasure speaking to you so thank you very much thank you so much all right perfect see you later Thank you.